Welcome to the Faith Talk podcast. We're excited you are listening today. Prepare to be challenged and inspired through today's episode. We pray that every fear is dispelled and your faith is increased as you hear the word of God. Now, let's listen in with our host, Caleb Schaefer. I want to open this up by saying casual praying is not effective praying. Casual praying is not effective praying. We've got to have aim. We've got to have we've got to have a point that we're aiming for. We've got to have a goal that we're praying for. We've got to have an idea of where we're going and we've got to make it specific. We have got to have uh, scheduled times of prayer like we just talked about. But there will be times when we need to throw up what is called an exclamatory prayer. That's what we're going to cover for a little bit tonight an exclamatory prayer. Prayer is such a mighty force. It's capable of changing people. It's capable of changing nations. Uh, This means that your prayers must be serious and intense if they're to achieve their intended purpose. If they're to achieve their intended purpose. Times of prayer become especially meaningful and more victorious and more effective when our praying is done in cooperation with the indwelling of the Spirit of the Lord and with the Word of God. So if you marry those things, if you get together, if you bring the Word in and you bring in the Holy Spirit and you bring in your prayer and you bring those things together, let me tell you something. That is a powerful, powerful force. When you begin to pray with the Word of God, And when you begin to pray uh, with the Spirit of God, let me tell you, it is powerful. If you want to serve God and you cannot find the favorable occasion, wait a while in prayer and the opportunity will break in your path like a sunbeam. If you want to serve God and you say, you know what, I have no idea where God would have me serve. I have no idea what God wants me to do. I don't even know what God wants me to do with my life. Hey, it it is, it is completely okay to be midlife. It is completely okay to be in, in your later years and still not have an idea what God wants you to do. Don't come under condemnation if you're saying, I still have no idea what God wants me to do for my life, but begin to pray now that you know that you need to seek that. Begin to pray and ask God, what is it that you would have me to do? Where is it that you would have me to serve? Some people are great encouragers. Some people are teachers. Some people can sing well. Some people can preach well, but we, a lot of the time in the church, will exalt the platform ministries above all other areas of the church, and that is completely wrong because can I tell you tonight that a door greeter is just as important as anybody who gets up here with the microphone. A teacher in the classroom is just as important as anybody who gets up here with the microphone. Somebody who cleans the bathrooms is just as important as anybody who gets up here with the microphone. You might have a ministry of vacuuming. You might have a ministry of cleaning. You might have a ministry of helping out in the kitchen. You might have a ministry of cooking. There were a lot of people back there who had a ministry of cooking today. We had, we had all those peanut butter eggs to make, and we made, we made a, a meal for lunch, and we made a meal for the kids, and there was a meal for the Sunday school dinner back there. We had a ministry of cooking here today. And so 
there, there are different ministries and areas that God wants to use you. And you can be used, anybody can be used at any point in time, but we've got to know what God wants us to do. And how do we do that? We get into his presence and we wait a while in prayer and we say, God, what is it that you would have me to do? Open up the doors for me to be able to be used by you. And God sent Nehemiah an opportunity when he, he prayed. That opportunity came in a way that he could not have expected. The opportunity for Nehemiah came in a way that he could not have expected. Has anybody ever had God show up for you in a way that you did not expect? It happens a lot more times than not that God will show up in a way that you did not expect it. You expected him to do something else. You expected him to work out, work it out some other way. But God is sovereign and he'll do how he'll do it however he wants to. He'll show up however he wants to. And so we've got to trust him and believe him. And we've got to be looking for ways for God to show up that we don't expect. It came through Nehemiah's sadness of heart that God showed up. This matter preyed upon his mind until he began to look exceedingly unhappy. Then the king whom he served when he went to court with the royal goblet noticed the distress on the cupbearer's countenance. He said to him in Nehemiah 2.2, why is the countenance sad seeing that thou art not sick? This is nothing else but sorrow of heart. You see, Nehemiah was looking pretty down and the king said, well, you're not sick. Why are you looking so sad? Why are you looking so bad? And Nehemiah turned around and said, I was afraid. He said there was trouble and he said, I I was afraid and the king asked him what he was wishing for and by manner of the question he seemed to imply an insurance that the king wanted to help him the king said well what is it that you need what is it that you want and here we're somewhat surprised to find that instead of promptly answering the king an incident occurred a fact was related Though he was a man who had lately given himself up to prayer and fasting, this little parenthetical remark was made. Nehemiah stopped and he prayed to God. He prayed to God before he answered. The fact that Nehemiah prayed challenges attention. He had never been asked, he had been asked a question by his sovereign and the proper thing you would suppose would be to answer it. So the king asks you a question and you stop for a little bit. Now, a lot of people would be, they would feel inclined to answer the question right away. But the king said, what do you want? And Nehemiah stopped and he prayed before he answered. And the king did not notice the pause. Uh, it was probably not long enough to be noticed, uh, but it was long enough for God to notice it. Long enough for Nehemiah to have sought and obtained guidance from God as to how to frame his answer to the king. So Nehemiah stopped and prayed. But Nehemiah didn't stop and pray for an hour. It was a quick prayer. Have you ever had to throw up a quick prayer? Sometimes we got to throw up a quick prayer and that is completely acceptable But your entire prayer life cannot be quick prayers Your entire prayer life cannot be just exclamatory prayers like we're talking about tonight Your entire prayer life can't be uh, just a, a, a flash in the pot Your prayer life has to be some time It has to have some equity built up with it It has to have some time put into it So that when you throw up these exclamatory prayers You know God's already listening So Nehemiah prays he was, he was afraid. 
When you're flustered, when you're upset, you might forget to pray. A lot of the times when we get flustered, when we get frustrated, when we get excited, when, when we get scared, we forget to pray. We do. Nehemiah, however, felt that if he were alarmed, it was a reason for praying and not forgetting to pray. How many times when somebody makes you mad do you think, I just need to pray first? A lot of the time when somebody makes us mad, our first inclination is not to pray. Our first inclination might be to lay on hands, but it is not to pray. I don't know how many times I've heard in the last couple of weeks that someone wanted to throat punch someone. Our first inclination needs to be to go to God in prayer. When, we're, when we get a bad report, our first inclination needs to be to go to God in prayer. When something stops us in our tracks, our first inclination needs to be to go to God in prayer. Nehemiah said, you know what? I was scared. There was a problem, and I needed to go to God in prayer before I answered the king. So he was in communion with God out of habit, and as soon as he found himself in a dilemma, as soon as he found himself in a problem, he went to God just as the dove would fly to hide herself in the cleft of the rock. It is all the more surprising that he should have deliberately prayed just then because he had already been praying for the past three or four months concerning this matter. See, this wasn't something that Nehemiah just started to pray for when he prayed. This was something that he, ha he had been praying about for a long time. And some of us uh, would have said, you know what, this thing is the thing I've been praying for. And now I've got to take this opportunity. I've got to use this opportunity right away. You'll always find that the man who has prayed much is the man who needs to pray more. For unto everyone that hath shall be given, he shall have abundance. You'll find out that someone who prays a lot feels the need to pray more. Someone who prays, the, mo the people who pray the most feel like they need to pray even more. If you only know the sweet art of prayer, you are the one who will be often engaged in it. If you're familiar with the mercy seat, you will constantly visit it. If you're familiar with the mercy seat, you'll constantly go there. This is the kind of prayer that we're talking about tonight. The fact that Nehemiah offered this prayer prompts us to observe this manner of prayer. It was what we call exclamatory prayer, prayer that hurls a dart and then is done. It was not the type of prayer that stands knocking at mercy's door, but it was the concentration of many knocks into one. Nehemiah had been praying for this for a long time. He had been praying for this opportunity. And when he got the opportunity, he said, I'm going to pray one more time. He had been praying on his, on his knees, crying out to God for a long time. And then he stopped one more time and said, I'm going, to, I'm going to pray one more time. And this was a quick, short prayer. It was begun and completed with one stroke. This exclamatory prayer is among the very best forms of prayer. But it is not the kind of prayer to build your prayer life on. This exclamatory prayer is one that we all need to use. Exclamatory prayer. 
when something, when you get a phone call that's really bad, when you're on your way to an emergency, when something goes wrong, that is when we need to throw up an exclamatory prayer. We don't have time to sit and, and go to prayer for hours. Nehemiah, when the king asked him what he wanted, Nehemiah didn't have time to say, you know what, I'm going to go pray about this and fast for a while, and then I'll come back and give you my answer. No, Nehemiah had to give an answer right there and then, so he had to throw up an exclamatory prayer. We should all be able to throw up an exclamatory prayer, a quick, short prayer, a quick, short prayer. Sometimes you'll be in a situation and you'll, you'll need to make a split second decision. You'll need to make a quick decision and you'll have to throw up a quick prayer. You don't have time to go fast and pray and seek God's face and, and wail and you, you got to make a quick decision. And so those quick prayers are very necessary to our lives for direction, for protection, for guidance. Have you ever almost been in a wreck and cried out to the Lord real quick? Yeah. There have been times where, you know, you see somebody coming out of the other lane and you got to throw up a quick prayer. You don't have time to go fast and you don't have time to, to go turn on the worship music and, and lay out before the Lord on the threshing floor. You got to pray quick and you got to get, you got to get a hold of the Lord. But you see, those times are, are available to us because we have a prayer life built up behind it. We have a prayer life built up behind it. So you've got to have that alone time with the Lord. You've got to have that time set aside, those set times of prayer that we were talking about in order for this to be the most effective in your life. You cannot build your entire prayer life off of these quick, short prayers. But exclamatory prayers are of great advantage to people who are hard-pressed in business because such prayers will not in the slightest degree incapacitate them from attending to the business at hand. It requires you to go to no particular place, wherever you are, just such a little prayer as this will reach the ear of God and win a blessing. It will win a blessing. Can I tell you tonight, there are a lot of professions that require this type of prayer. There are a lot of professions that require exclamatory prayer. If you are in ministry of any kind, you, you better know how to pray real quick. You better know how to get a hold of God real quick. Throw up a quick prayer. If you're in the health field, you better know how to pray real quick. If you're the EMTs, the medical, the, the firemen, the police, you better know how to throw up an exclamatory prayer real quick. If you're in any sort of business dealings with people where, where you deal with the public, Lord have mercy. You better know how to pray real quick. You better know how to pray real quick. You got to throw something up every once in a while. Throw up a prayer real quick and keep going because there are times when you're, you're just dealing with split-second decisions, with, with people who are irate, with different things that are going on, and you need to pray, but you don't have time to go away and, and seclude yourself for a long time. You've got to pray these exclamatory prayers. And so this type of prayer, like Nehemiah prayed, will help you. It will help you in so many situations. You don't have time if you're in the hospital and they say, we've got to make a decision right away. You don't have time to go and, and lay before the Lord. You've got, to, you've got to be able to pray these quick prayers. Exclamatory prayer. And I'm so thankful for that example of Nehemiah who prayed that prayer because he lets us know that that type of prayer 
is acceptable and it works. It works because that prayer went up before the Lord. So this helps us to understand that prayer, all different kinds. We've talked about different kinds of prayer. We've talked about praying in the Holy Ghost. We've talked about praying uh, and fasting. We've talked about all different kinds of prayer, exclamatory prayer now we're talking about. And so when you, when you know all these different kinds of prayer, and when you know how to use each one, it's going to help your prayer life, and your prayer life will be so powerful. And can I tell you tonight that prayer always leads to praise? Prayer always leads to praise. It really does. The early church knew about this. Prayer leads to praise. Those early believers, they prayed daily. They prayed in each other's homes. They prayed in the, in the temple. They prayed alone. They prayed together. It seems like they were always praying, and their praying usually led to praise. Their praying usually led to praise. So they weren't just petitioning God for things. They were praying, and, and they just went into praising God. I truly believe that on the day of Pentecost, when, when the Holy Spirit fell, they weren't just praying and asking God for things. They were praising the Lord. They were lifting up his name. They were, they were exalting him. And when they started praising him, the presence came down that day. And, and the, their entire lives were changed. And everyone around them was changed because they heard them talking in other languages. And the Bible even says praising the Lord. So... Uh, in Acts 3, now Peter and John went up to the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour, and a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked an alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, I give thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he leaping up stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. And they knew that it was he which sat for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what sh that which had happened to him. And and as the lame man which was healed held Peter and John, all the people ran together unto them in the porch that is called Solomon's, greatly wondering. Acts chapter 3, verses 1 through 11. When Peter and John went to the temple to pray, their time of prayer led to praise when the lame man was healed. Peter and John praised the Lord. Prayer led to praise. Praise led to bold witnessing with great power. And this witness led again people to praise. Do you see the chain reaction? Do you see the chain reaction? They were there to pray, which led to praise because God was doing a great work in this man's life. Then the man went to witness, and everybody saw that he was the one who had been sitting there by the gate, and he was healed, and everybody else began to praise God. The same principles work today. When you pray, it will lead to praise. If you spend regular time in prayer, you'll find yourself praising God. It's an automatic chain reaction that always works. It always works. When you get an answer to prayer, you start praising God. And then 
you start telling other people how God answered your prayer and they start praising God. You become a witness when you pray because your prayer leads to praise. Hallelujah. Now, here's an answer to a question. How many times should we pray for one thing? How many times should we pray for one thing? Jesus, and he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. Luke 18.1. Nehemiah had been praying for this specific situation all this time, and he still stopped to pray for it one more time. The master himself epitomized this concept. He prayed continually. He never lost heart. Since Jesus is our model, we should follow his example. As believers, we're involved in spiritual warfare. This isn't game, a game. This isn't child's play. This is real spiritual warfare. It's a battle. It is a fight, and we are in it whether we like it or not, and we're not wrestling against flesh and blood, but we're wrestling against the principalities and against powers and against the rulers of darkness of this age against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places in a war you fight to win nobody goes into a war saying well I think I'm probably gonna lose this one I'm, I'm this is probably I'm just gonna go into this war and you know, just see what happens no you go into a war planning to win you don't go into a war not planning to win or you wouldn't go into a war and we're in a battle we're in a warfare in a war you fight to win if you're a good soldier you dig in and you fight and you don't quit the same principle applies to spiritual soldiers involved in spiritual warfare it applies in prayer you can't afford to be a quitter in anything especially in prayer you can't afford to be a quitter in anything and especially in prayer if you pray more than once for anything is the second prayer a prayer of unbelief? The answer is a firm, unequivocal no. The second prayer is not a prayer of unbelief. The Lord said unto Joshua, See, I have given into thine hand Jericho, and the king thereof, and the mighty men of valor, and he shall compass the city, and all men of war and go round the city once thus shalt thou do six days and seven priests shall bear before the ark seven trumpets of ram's horns and the seventh day you shall compass the city seven times and the priests shall blow the trumpets and it shall come to pass when they make a long blast of the ram's horn and when you hear the sound of the trumpet all the people shall shout with a great shout and the wall of the city shall fall down flat and the people shall ascend up every man straight before him Joshua 6 2 through 5 Joshua had sense enough to do exactly what God told him to do. Joshua had sense enough to do exactly what God told him to do. A lot of people, if God told them to march around the city for seven days and they didn't see any results on the first day or the second day or the third day, they'd probably give up. But Joshua said, you know what? We're going to follow what the Lord wants us to do. He didn't argue. He didn't say, Lord, why, should we, why are we going to have to march around more than one time? Why should we pray more than once? Aren't you able to perform a miracle with just one prayer? Joshua obeyed God, and he saw the miracle. 
And we've got to be the same way. We've got to continue on until we see the breakthrough. They marched and they prayed. They did it one day and God said, do it again. They did it a second day and God said, do it again. They did it a third day and God said, do it again. This action was repeated until God's command was fulfilled to the letter and then the miracle happened. One reason for answered prayer is obedience, strict, absolute obedience. Can I tell you that every time you pray, the devil's defeated again. Every time you pray, the devil's defeated again. Why? Because you're going to God and saying, God, you're my source. You're my supply. God, you're the one I need help from. I can't do it myself. And God, I know that you are king and you are Lord. And so I'm relying on you. And every time you go to God in prayer, whether you see an immediate answer or not, you're stomping on the devil's head and you're saying, God, you are the one in charge. So every time you go to prayer, each time you pray, more is accomplished. Each time you pray, more is accomplished. You might not even see any change. You might not see the answer coming. You might not see anything. But each time you pray, something is accomplished in the spirit that you have no idea about. And more ground is gained in the spirit every single time you pray. So even if it looks like you're fighting an uphill battle and it looks like things are getting worse, uh, know that you are making a difference in the spirit. Do not give up. Uh, do not quit because God is on the throne and as long as you're praying and seeking him you're stomping on the devil's head you're giving the devil a black eye and it might not you might not see your family members come in for years but every single time you pray for them it's making a difference you might not see that body healed right away like you think it should be but every time you pray God's doing something and the little changes are coming things are things are happening in the spirit more clutter and trash are washed away in the spirit the miracle you desire Desire is closer to realization, so you pray until the answer comes. And one day, just like the city, just like the walls around the city of Jericho, the wall will come down. Jesus taught persistence in prayer. In a parable, Jesus told of a persistent widow who came to the judge again and again with her requests until they were granted. Mark eight twenty two through 25. And he cometh to Bethsaida, and they bring a blind man unto him, and besought him to touch him. And he took the blind man by the hand, and led him out of the town. And when he had spit in his eyes, and put his hands upon him, he asked if he saw light. And he looked up and said, I see men as trees walking. And after that, he put his hands again upon his eyes, and made him look up, and he was restored, and saw every man clearly. You see, even Jesus had to do it twice. He had to do it twice. The man said, I can see a little bit. So Jesus said, all right, we'll go again. And he put his hands on him again. And the man saw clearly. Persistence is the key. Persistence is the key. Our Lord demonstrated it by his life and his action. He did not give up until the miracle came. Even the great apostle Paul believed in praying more than once. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me in 2 Corinthians 12, 8. Paul didn't give up praying until the Lord showed him the answer. If Jesus didn't give up and Paul didn't give up, why would you give up? Why would you give up? Jesus, if anybody, you'd think he would have been like, 
Well, didn't happen the first time. But Jesus prayed again. See, there are problems when we have unanswered prayer. There are different things that go on when we have unanswered prayer. There are a lot of factors that come into it when we have unanswered prayer. Sometimes it's a problem with us. Sometimes it's a problem with what we're praying for. Sometimes it's not even anything that we have in and of ourselves that is wrong or, or that it's what we're praying for. Sometimes the answer is, is on the way, but it's held up. Effective prayer grows out of a close relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Can I tell you tonight, if you're not seeing the answer that you are believing for in prayer, you can ask God and say, God, why is this answer not coming why what's holding this answer back and god will reveal it to you god will show it to you it might be an area of your life that you need to seek god about and get something under the blood it might be that you're praying for something that is not god's will it might be that that the answer is being held back that there's a war going on in the heavenlies there is all sorts of reasons that your prayer might not be answered right away. God is always available to speak with us. We need to commune with him often, not just when we have a problem. We gotta develop a habit of meeting with him on the regular to discuss the concerns of our hearts and his. Then when we have a specific request or need for guidance, we're comfortable in his presence and attuned to hearing his voice and he answers. We've got to develop a relationship with God and that involves reading and studying the Bible as well as prayer. He wants us to talk with him and express our needs. This is for our own good. It's for our own good. One of the conditions of prayer that God has given us in the Bible is that prayers he will answer must be prayers in line with his plans. Prayers he will answer must be prayers that are in line with his plans. If you're praying for something that goes against the word of God, it's not going to work out. The answer is no before you even pray it. God will not go against his word. He will not go against his will. And so we've got to get our will into alignment with his when we pray so that we're praying for his will, we're agreeing with him, and he'll answer the prayer then. But you can't pray for something that is not in, that's, that's against God's word and against his will. Because God won't do it. God won't do it. You might, you might be praying for something that you want in your own flesh, that you want to see happen in your own flesh, and God's saying absolutely not. And so we've got to be in line with God's word. If we ask anything, 1 John 5, 14, according to his will, he hears us. How do we discern the will of God so that we can be increasingly confident as time goes by that our prayers are in accord with his will? Well, that comes from spending time with him in his word and in prayer so that our knowledge of and intimacy with him Will deepen as we continue to better know God and his ways we will find that our prayers are answered more often because they reflect his desires more often God's knowledge is complete and his ways are wonderful whereas we are very limited in our understanding we are so limited in our understanding we have no idea how limited we are we think we know it all but we have no clue we have no idea the Bible says right now we look through a glass darkly 
We look, we, our, our sight is so dim, our minds are so finite, and God is working on this infinite scale. He has all this power, he has all this might, he has all this knowledge, and he's working with all of that. And we think that God has to work things out a certain way, and God wants to work things out a completely different way than we want him to work it out. And so we've got to be faithful, and we've got to understand that he will do what he wills. We have got to pray in alignment with his word. Wrong motives can prevent us from receiving answers from the Lord. Wrong motives can prevent us from receiving answers from the Lord. Sin in our lives can prevent us from receiving answers to God's word, to, to our prayer, sorry. Sin can prevent us from receiving answers to our prayer. We need to confess our sins and repent. And we need to be of pure heart when we go before the Lord. Amen. Amen. Don't sin and pray. Repent and pray. And watch God move. There are different things in our life that maybe aren't even sins sometimes that can be a hindrance to our walk with the Lord. There are things in our lives that God wants to empty us of and rid from us that hinder our walk from the Lord. Sometimes things that have happened in people's past to them uh, can hinder their walk with the Lord. You may have a bad view of God based on something that happened in your past. And so you're having a difficult time believing him for what you're praying for. It, there's all sorts of factors, but we can ask God and say, God, what is it that's holding this up? What is it that's holding this answer up? And I've prayed these prayers. Pastor prays these prayers. I've, I've heard him talk about it. There are different times in our life where we just need to say, God, I'm believing you for an answer, and there's something that is holding this back. I feel in my spirit there's something that, that is keeping this from breaking through, and God, I'm asking you, what is that thing? Reveal it to me so that I can either correct it or start praying in that direction and and we can get this thing moving can i tell you tonight delay is not denial delay is not denial when you are praying for something delay does not mean denial if you don't have an answer right away that does not mean god's saying no sometimes it takes a little while to work it out in prayer sometimes hey there are people who have been praying for years and years and years for a loved one. There are people who have been praying for years and years and years for healing. And God is still able. He is still on the throne. And just because you have not seen the answer that you're believing for does not mean that he is saying no. Delay is not denial. Sometimes we've got to pray and we've got to push through. If you're impatient and expect or demand an immediate answer to your prayer, a delay might seem like a denial when an hour or a day or a month later, God will prove you wrong. God answered your prayer though not exact at the exact moment you uttered the petition. Don't give up in discouragement. If you're living right and you're praying right, your prayers will be answered. You can count on it. You can count on it. God wants to see your loved ones saved even more than you do. God wants to see your family come into the kingdom of God even more than you do. Keep praying for them. 
Keep praying for them. They might be out there living crazy right now. They might be out there doing whatever they're doing, but God wants to see them into the kingdom. God wants you healed more than you want healed. He does. So keep praying for it. Don't ever stop. Don't ever give up. Now, lastly, for whom and what should we pray? For whom and what should we pray? We need to target our prayers to prevent the possibility of praying amiss. We should pray for our families. We should pray for our families. Your family is your very first priority in prayer. Your family is your very first priority in prayer. You have more power to pray for your family than any preacher does, than any pastor does. You have more authority in your family than anyone else does because God placed you there. God ordained for you to be there. That is your battleground. That is your mission field. You have power to pray for your family. And when you pray for your family, things will happen. Husbands and wives, if you will commit together to pray and pray together, the union before God is honored by him. God honors the marriage covenant when you pray. You have been placed together by him for a reason. And when you pray together and come into agreement together, that is one of the most powerful agreements in the entire universe. The marriage prayer between a husband and wife. Your family are your prime responsibility. You cannot, you dare not overlook them. You got to pray for your parents. You got to pray for your children. You got to pray for your siblings. You've got to pray for your spouses, other relatives who are, who are related to you. Pray for those who are miles away in schools or jobs. You've got to pray for the salvation of your family and you've got to pray for the salvation of people everywhere. You've got to pray for the salvation of everybody. Amen. God's willing that none should perish. I exhort sort first of all that supplications, prayers, and intercessions, and giving thanks be made for all men. 1 Timothy 2.1 The next thing we should pray for is our city. We should pray for our city, or in our case, our region, our area that we live in. Jonah Though he was not a native to Nineveh, the city became his because the word of the Lord came to him and said, Arise and go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. Jonah was required by God to pray for a people that weren't even his. And God might tell you to do that. But as, as God leads you in prayer, you are to pray for the area in which you live, the people that, w that you live around, the, the things that are concerning the area that you live in, the major issues. The other thing, another thing we should pray for is our nation. We should pray for protection for our nation. We should pray for guidance and leadership for our nation. If you don't like what's going on, don't complain about it. Pray about it. Don't complain about it. Pray about it. Get into the word. Get into prayer about it. Stop agreeing with the devil and allowing the devil to fill your mind and fill your words with all sorts of things and start praying about it. Pray for the workers in Christ's service. 
Pray for your pastors. Pray for your evangelists. Pray for your missionaries. Pray for your church officers. Pray for your Sunday school teachers. Pray that more help will come so that they can more effectively share the good news. Pray. Pray for the people that are working in the kingdom of God. Pray that God will send more laborers into the harvest. Pray that he'll, he'll strengthen the people who are, who are working and praying for you. And what, for what should we pray? This is the very last thing tonight. For what should we pray? You can pray for the physical needs of life. You can pray for physical healing. You can pray that God will assist you in your family affairs. You can pray for demons to depart. You can pray that God will send spiritual assistance. You can pray for all the things that you need. You can pray for all the things that you're concerned about. You can pray for all the things that your family is concerned about, whatever that is. You can pray for protection. You can pray for guidance. You can pray all sorts of things as long as it is in accordance with God's word and his will. You can pray for it. So it's all available to you. It's all available to you. And we've got to use it because God said, I want you to do it. I want you to come boldly before me. I want you to make petitions before me. I want you to come before the throne of grace so that I can help you out. God didn't want you to be going through life alone and he didn't want you to feel stranded. He didn't want you to have problems and not have any way to fix them. He said, I'm available. He said, come before me, cast your cares on me because I care for you. And so whatever it is that you care about, as long as it is in accordance with God's word, then you have, the, you have permission to ask for it and pray for it. Amen. Amen. And if you have desires that are not in accordance with God's word, then you need to pray, God, line up my heart with your word. Line up my heart with your word. Whatever that means. If you have desires to sin in whatever areas, if you have desires for things that are not of God, just say, God, help me to line up with your word. Get me in line with your word. I want to pray in accordance with your word. I don't want to be out of line. I want to be in line so, God, that I can see my, my prayers answered. And God will do it. God will help you. God isn't sitting back watching to see how bad you mess up. He doesn't take any joy in how bad you mess up. He doesn't take any joy in you stumbling or falling. He doesn't take any joy in, in you praying for something and an answer not coming right away. He knows your heart. He knows you hurt. He knows how you feel about things. He knows that your family members are on their way to hell. He knows that your coworkers are having problems. He knows that people need healing. He knows it. And if we will pray to him and talk to him about it, he's going to do something about it. He's going to do something about it. Amen? Amen. Will you stand to your feet tonight? Hallelujah. I know that at the beginning of service, I said, is there anybody who has a, a, a need in this place? And hands went up everywhere. And so tonight, I just want us to agree together quickly as we close out this service for the needs that are represented here in this place tonight. Everybody has a need. Everybody has a need. And I was down at the, the nursing home yesterday ministering to the people there, and 
I said, how many of you have needs? And they all did the same thing. They all rose their, raised their hands up. And I said, you know, one of the things that we were taught in Bible college was that if you assume that every single person you come into contact with is hurting in some sort of way, you'll be right 100% of the time. That every single person we come into contact with is in need of something. They're hurting in some way. There's something going on in their life right now. There's something from their past. There's something that they're fighting. There's something that happened at work or with their family. There's something the doctor told them or somebody told them. Every single person is hurting in some way. It might be a physical hurt in their body. It might be a, a pain. It might be healing that they need in their body, whatever it is. But every single person is in need of something from the Lord. And so I want us to just come into agreement right now as we close out this class of prayer and just pray together for the needs that are represented here in this place, for the needs that are here in this house tonight, for those that are watching by Facebook tonight. We need to pray for the needs on this prayer cross. We do. There are certain family members of people that are on that prayer cross that people are believing for them to come into the body of Christ and be saved. And there are so many of them, can I tell you tonight, that are this close, that are this close. And I believe even by Resurrection Sunday, some of them are gonna come in. I do, I do. So let's just agree together right, right where you're at tonight. Let's just all bow our heads and let's pray corporately for the people that are here tonight, for the people that are watching my Facebook, for our congregation, for this prayer cross, and let's agree together tonight for needs to be met. Hallelujah. Father God, tonight we come into agreement for every need that's represented here in this place. God, we come into agreement tonight because your word says that if we do that, if we'll come together, God, and where two or three agree is touching any one thing, it shall be done by our Father in heaven. So God, tonight, I pray for every need that's represented here. I pray for family needs. I pray for financial needs tonight. I pray for emotional needs tonight. I pray for physical body needs tonight. Whatever the need is, God, represented by people here, God, I pray that you will send the answer. Whatever they're seeking an answer for, God, whatever the guidance that they need is, whatever it is, God, that they need leadership for in their life, God, whatever the answer is that they're asking you, saying, God, what should I do in this situation? Lord, I pray that you would answer them speedily, God, send a confirmation to them in the name of Jesus. God, we pray tonight for all the sick in the name of Jesus. Touch their bodies. God, we believe that you are our healer and God, you are our loving and kind and merciful. So God, tonight we pray that bodies would be healed. Lord, we pray for everyone on the prayer cross right now. Every need that's on that prayer cross, Lord, 
I pray that family members would come in and God, they would be saved by your power. God, I pray for lost family members to come in, children and grandchildren, nieces and nephews, siblings and cousins, parents, God. In the name of Jesus, uh, let the lost be saved. God, draw them, draw them to the kingdom. God, tonight we pray that you will speak to us that we will be led by your spirit. God, that we will rely on you and you alone. And God, as now we've studied these different methods of prayer, these different forms of prayer, and we've learned so much, God, I pray that you would seal it in our hearts tonight, that you would put it down inside of us. And God, that we would use it for the kingdom, that we would use it for the benefit of the kingdom, that we would use for ourselves and our families. God, that we would go to war in the spirit for the people that we care about. God, we realize time is short. So God, help us to be effective in our prayer. Help us to hit the target in our prayer. Help us, God, to not forget to pray. Help us to set those times aside, to set them aside for you, God, to focus on you, to focus on your word and your will for our lives. God, we love you tonight. And we thank you for this information that you've deposited down inside of us. I pray, God, that we would never forget it, that you would bring it to our remembrance. And God, call us and draw us to be prayer warriors. We love you tonight. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Faith Talk podcast. If you would like to connect with the host, you can do so on Facebook at Caleb Schaefer Ministry, on Instagram at Caleb underscore Schaefer, or by visiting www.calebschaefer.com. Be sure to check out Caleb's worship albums on iTunes, Amazon Music, and wherever digital music is sold or streamed. If you've been encouraged today, please share this podcast with your friends and loved ones. May God bless you, and remember to tune in next week for another episode of the Faith Talk Podcast.